This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Hey, folks, good afternoon and welcome to Enterprise BizBytes. I'm Roshan Kanisan. The Borders Group was an American bookstore chain that started back in 1971. It grew rapidly in the 1980s, the 1990s, and by the 2000s, it had over 500 bookstores. It was the second largest bookstore chain in the US. Uh, the Borders Group then began to struggle in the early 2000s due to the rise of online retailers and digital media. And by the time we got to 2011, the company filed for bankruptcy and announced the closure of its stores in the US. That, though, was 15 years ago, or sorry, 12 years ago. Nevertheless, Borders still had its international presence and operated stores in other countries. These stores in other parts of the world continued to operate for a period of time, but eventually started facing closures as well, which now takes us to Malaysia, which has finally succumbed to it. The bookstores chain started here back in 2005. 18 years on, in June this year, they announced that Borders Malaysia will officially cease operations on August 31st. That's in three days' time. The rise and fall of borders exemplifies the challenges that traditional brick-and-mortar bookstores face in adapting to the digital age and the changing consumer preferences for purchasing books and other media. So today on Enterprise BizBytes, we're going to take a look at those. We're going to be speaking to those who are still in the fight and what the shutdown of these physical stores means for the bookstore industry here in Malaysia. If you have any thoughts, you can send us a WhatsApp on our U-Mobile number. That's 018-789-8899. Or you can get in touch with us over on X at BFM Radio. Uh, we're speaking today to Fong Min Han, the founder of Lit Books, and Andrew Yap, the managing director of Books, Book Access. We're going to dive into their respective business models. And like I mentioned earlier, what the future holds for bookstores. Uh, Min Han and Andrew, can you both hear me? Yes. Hi, uh, loud and clear. Nice. Good sound coming in for both of you. Uh, both of you joining me online. Thank you so much, guys. Um, it's going to be an interesting conversation talking about the book industry, which has been, I think, for the last decade. Uh, people have every year announced the death of the book industry, uh, but still kicking and still alive. Um, so we'll start off with a little bit of introduction into the respective business models, because both of you occupy different spaces in the bookstore industry. Uh, Andrew, I'd like to start with you, given that you know, you've been around since 2007 with Book Access. Tell us a little bit about the what Book Access does in the book industry. So Book Access um, started in 2007 and uh, we wanted to make a difference in Malaysia. We wanted to make books uh, more affordable and we realized that we want tiny bookstore. You know, we, we couldn't uh, make a huge change, right? And then the idea of Big Bad Wholesale uh, came up, right, in 2009. And uh, that really opened our eyes, you know, to uh, how hungry the market is for great affordable mm-hmm. books. There was no turning back. We are known to make books, um, I wouldn't use the word cheap, but, you know, affordable. And we are currently in 15 countries globally. And uh, Mehran, tell us a little bit about Lit Books. You started back in December 2017. So exactly a 10-year gap between your two respective businesses. Yes, um, I'm for, uh, we're not, we're not. Uh, we're not quite the size of uh, average book access. Uh, we are just one independent bookshop in Petaling Jaya. Um, I run it with my wife, Elaine. Um, we are basically, I don't want to call ourselves a petite bookshop. We actually do consider ourselves a general bookshop, but we do cater to readers. Um, me and my wife, we are readers ourselves. Our staff are all readers. So we basically try to uh, curate uh, an interesting bookshop for readers by readers. 
And I have to say, I've always enjoyed going to Lit Books. Uh, it always has that nice feel about it. Uh, very niche, very nuanced in the way I think you guys curate the books book selection. Uh, Andrew, uh, not to forget Book Access as well. I have very fond memories of the first one you guys opened up in Amcot Mall. And you guys have come a long way. And who doesn't know Big Bad Wolf, right? Every year when, they, when uh, the, the sale is around, everyone I know gets excited and it's time to go and uh, shop for more books to add to the shelves. So, gents, in three days' time, August 31st, yes, we're going to be celebrating National Day, uh, Medica Day, but it will also mark the day Borders officially ceases to exist its operations here in Malaysia. That's more than 10 years after the original book uh, retailer uh, closed its shops back in uh, in 2011. Um does this signal the sunsetting or the sunset of the industry? Uh, is this, you know, does this signal more bad things to come ahead? Andrew? Yes, you know, it's a sign. And how many more signs do we need before there is none left? I mean, uh, my view will be very different from uh, Minghan, right? Uh, we come from a very mass uh, selling uh, point of view, right? Retail overheads are way too high and uh, book margins are too low. So, you know, traditional book selling model has to evolve drastically. You know, the market is there, is definitely there. But the current model just don't suit the market. I'm not saying that the book industry is wrong, but the market has, especially in a country in Malaysia where the cost of living is so extremely high, people just can't afford books. You know, people want to buy books, but they can't. And uh, a bookstore uh, like Lit, uh, they they sell to readers, whereas we are going after the ninety seven percent of Malaysians are, who are not reading, right? So it's a very different business model. Uh, I mean, it's so sad, you know. The lead books is probably the last one, you know, that I can recall that that uh, that is worth mentioning that opened, you know, and it's been six years. Can you imagine? By right, there's supposed to be a hundred thousand bookstores in Malaysia or in Kuala Lumpur, you know. There are, you know, you, you feed the stomach, you have to feed the mind. Mm. But you look at the ratio of uh, restaurants versus bookstores. <laughs> right? It's such an important business. It's such an essential business. But, you know, it's, it's, it's just non-existent. So, you know, something's really uh, got to change. Yeah. And, 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 sorry, Andrew. Yes, please proceed. Uh, I, my, uh, I would agree with you, Roshan, that, uh, and I would say that, you know, it's, it's a sign and is is something has got to be done yeah, well, I think we're going to touch a bit uh, more on the challenges the industry has faced and how things have changed. But some of the key things you've highlighted there were just the business side of things, right? The margins involved in business, the operating costs involved, and also the cost of books, right? The cost of books has significantly gone up over the last uh, decade or so. Um, gone are the days where you could buy a book for 50, 60 ringgit. Now it's like at least 80 to 100 bucks for one of the new books that have come out. But that's a conversation for uh, another time. Um, Minhan, um, same question as before and whatever other thoughts you have right does this does borders closure signal a little bit of a, a sunset for the industry here uh, and anything else you have uh, to say to what andrew added earlier well i mean the thing is is that for lit books we are we often we we occupied the other end of the spectrum so we don't know what the concerns and challenges of the big bookshops are um i can tell you that from my experience that we have seen uh well look i think we have always maintained a very stable readership uh, in fact, I would say that regular customers make up a good 70% of our income in any given year. And this is because of the relationships we've cultivated and built with them 
um, over the last few years. And we can do that easily, or at least we can do that more easily as a small business where we have a personal relationship with almost every person who comes into our door. But, um, having said that, though, I mean, I do realize uh, or I, I do acknowledge what Andrew is saying and what you're saying about the cost of books, not just the last decade, or even just over the last two or three years, the cost of books have gone up because of shortages in the supply chain, because of the cost of logistics going up, and it is getting more challenging. But having said that, though, I mean, Malaysians are still reading. Um, ever since I've opened my bookshop, people have been telling me or asking me, Malaysians still read up. I said, yes, they have. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. Um, and it's not so much, I think the challenge that I face, I, I can only speak for myself, is that it's not that Malaysians don't read. It's just that perhaps there isn't a good avenue or there isn't a proper channel for them to get books uh, that are affordable or that they really want. Now, I think that that answer from you, Minhan, highlights again the two different business models you operate on. You are smaller, you have a relationship with your customers, you know, and I, I myself have gone there, you know, you have, uh, you've read your books, you know, like, okay, for you, you want, maybe this is the book for you. Uh, and there's a curation element to it. So it's a bit high touch business. Well, Andrew, you operate Book Access, which has multiple stores. Having that high touch doesn't really, um, it's a bit tough to operate on a multiple, on a scale uh, basis here. Um, so I want to direct this question over to you, Andrew. Um, so with borders closure, and we've seen other bookstores close as well. In fact, even Book Repository, which everyone, a lot of people used to use to buy books online, even said that it was a uh, closing shop. Um, what are the challenges in the book industry or the bookstore industry um, that have led to bookstores closing, right? So Borders being one example, obviously, you know, we don't have inside knowledge that we'd have to ask Borders Malaysia why they officially closed down. But given that you operate a similar kind of business model, tell us a little bit about the challenges that are going on behind the scenes. I would say that, you know, Borders closing is a very simple matter of, again, I mentioned wrong business model versus current market demands. And, um, you know, they cannot sustain the retail overheads because of the low revenue, mm. right? Mm. Margins are way too low. And the current market needs books to be affordable. Like lead books, they they sell to the readers. So so the market is there. But whereas borders and and the likes of the, the, the bigger chains, you know, we sell to the masses. And if the masses cannot afford to buy books, then there's going to be a problem, right? And to me, uh, what we are doing, the for us, the the mass stores, right? The right business model is to sell English books right, to children. Great, affordable, good, great books at affordable prices. You know, kids, you know, at least need one book a week, right? And if a household has three kids, you you got a customer that needs 150 books a year for at least 15 years. You know, how how great a business is that? But the, the average Malaysians can't afford one book, you know, per kid per week, right? Unless it's affordable. So, you know, uh, if if the business model for most chain stores don't evolve, then you know this is this is bound to happen. Uh, how, where do you see the way forward in that sense, Andrew? Like, how how can chain stores make books more affordable? It, I mean, there are a lot of elements here that uh, that play into it, right? Because it's not just about the prices aren't entirely determined by you. You also have to you also are a price taker from publishers as well. So, talk to us a little bit about how you see the bookstore business evolving or you know, uh, being able to meet the needs of uh, the needs of the masses, for example. So for us, 
uh, I can't speak on for the rest, yeah. but for what we have done is that we have gone on a volume model, right? Where our our per title, you know, we buy up to ten thousand uh, per copy, right? And if the volume is 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 so big, we we get a much much bigger discount. Mm. We buy books, we do not return them, so it's firm, right? And we get a better price, so that helps with the issue of margins and um, and. As I mentioned just then, we're in 15 countries. It's not that we want to be so ambitious. We want to take on the whole world, <laughs> so many stores. But when you order 10,000 copies per title, you need to find a market. And the Malaysian market might not be big enough for 10,000 copies, right? And so venturing out of Malaysia to sell books was one way to be able to make books affordable in Malaysia. So so it's, it's, it's so crazy. We, we go out to 15 different countries so that we can make books affordable <laughs> in Malaysia. So scale and volume is the uh, game on your end. Um, <clears throat> Minhan, yeah, I see you have something to add to that. Yeah. Um, I can't speak of it from the business side of things, but I can speak on it on the uh, bookseller side of things. Um, there are actually quite a few independent bookshops that have come up. Uh, one recent one is actually Rewired, which is now right now at KL. It's a great little bookshop. Uh, people should check it out. Um, <clears throat> but speaking from a bookseller's perspective, um, take Borders, for example, since we're, we're talking about Borders. Uh, I've always had a pleasant experience every time I've gone to a Borders. I particularly like the ones that was at the curb at Bucera Damansara. I could always find a book to buy or a book to read. But that's because I know books. That's because I know what I want to read and I know where to go and look for it. Unfortunately, I think for most people, for most Malaysians, when they walk into a bookshop, they have more thinking, okay, what, what, what's out here? What is it that, uh, that might, might interest me that I might be willing to shell out? 60, 70 bucks for, hmm. for a book. And if you don't actually have um, the right people in place, if you don't actually have trained um, uh, booksellers on the floor, they're not going to be able to help these people. They're not going to be able to connect people with books. If you look, I mean, I think the probably the most successful big chain uh, at the moment overseas is probably Waterstones. And the reason that Waterstones work is because they use or they appoint the manager of each of their store as uh, the curator, as well as mm. the manager of books in each store. So each store has a character. The manager knows the, uh, knows, um, the inventory, and he, can, he or she can actually tell uh, people when they walk in what books are available, what they might like. And I think that this is something that, that's sorely missing in, uh, in terms of the big book business here in Malaysia. Yeah, I, I, I've faced this problem before, right? It's the paradox of choice. You enter a bookstore and you're like, I don't know what to get. There are so many books out there. And then you end up relying on the what's best, the bestsellers or the New York Times bestseller list and those kind of things. Uh, gents, we got to jump into a few messages, but we'll be back in just a bit. Uh, folks, I've been speak on the back of Borders closing its doors in Malaysia, or it's about to. We've been talking about the business of bookstores here in Malaysia and whether Borders closing its doors here in Malaysia signals tougher times ahead for the industry. Helping me with this conversation has been Fung Min Han, the founder of Lit Books, and Andrew Yap, the managing director of Book Access. You can let us know your thoughts over on WhatsApp at 018-789-8899. I'm Roshan Kansen. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Bold, fearless Malaysia. BFM 89.9, the business station. 
Hey folks, welcome back to Enterprise Biz Bites. That was Green Day with When I Come Around. I'm Roshan Kanisan and today on the back of borders closing its doors in Malaysia, we've been talking about the business of bookstores and whether the borders closing down signals tougher times for the industry here in Malaysia. Helping me with this conversation has been Fong Min Han, the founder of Lit Books and Andrew Yap, Managing Director of Book Access. Gentlemen, thanks for sticking around and I hope you enjoyed uh, the Green Day song there. Um, the bookstore industry has changed over the last decade or so, or even maybe even more than that over the last 20 years. Uh, tell us a little bit about how that change has impacted your respective businesses, or at least the way you look at the business, and how you've had to adapt or pivot, for example. Andrew, let's start with you, given you've been in the business for 16 years now. I guess for us, uh, the industry, to me, never changed. It's just that, you know, our economy just got weaker and mm. books keep falling down the priority list. You know, it's a problem of affordability and accessibility. We are a mission-based company and, you know, we want to change the world through books. And we knew this underlying issue when we started the business. So the business was to address this issue that's causing the demise, that's currently causing the demise of bookstores in most uh, parts of the world. You know, um, like I mentioned before, our, bis- our business is very different from uh, lead books. We are trying to, no, not say we are trying, we are priming the market for lead books, meaning that, you know, we are building a new generation of readers, right? And uh, when, when they understand books and they know the importance of books, right, they will go to lead books, you know, to buy the latest books, the full price books. Yeah. And most of our challenges that we have, I mean, of course, we all do have our challenges. It's all uh, internal, you know, just needing to build a world-class team, you know, and um, the business model is solid uh, for us, right? It's just that we need to learn, you know, how to scale up and and how to structure the company and be more efficient. Right. So there seems to be a little bit of, uh, you cited the economy uh, slowing down, which means there's a little bit of an income problem as well, right? As uh, income stagnate and expenses go up, people have to prioritize um, what they spend their money on. And even the proliferation of digital media, whether it's uh, YouTube and podcasts, also has changed the way we consume. And I'll dive into that in more detail a little later. Uh, Minan, tell us, you've been in the business for six years now. Your challenges have been a bit more recent uh, and current. I would say, you know, you've had to ride the pandemic, uh, digital media also being a big part of this, uh, the challenge that you face. Tell us a little bit about how you have uh, the industries, the how the industry has changed since you've joined over the last six years, and how you've had to adapt or pivot since then. Well, I think most of the changes, as you quite correctly mentioned, uh, has been sort of uh, has been due to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't think that two years into opening our bookshop <laughs> that we were going to hit by you know a COVID nineteen pandemic, which last yeah. which last two years, uh, which also meant that it sort of skewed our. It, <laughs> You know, two years into a business, you're still trying to figure out, um, figure, figure things out. And then the pandemic basically throws that all out the window. So when things opened up again in 2022, we found ourselves starting from scratch all over again. So to a certain extent, the industry for us is, is I won't say brand new, but, but, but it's, it's been very hard for us to say that this is, this is, this is a change and this is just a, a sudden shock to the, uh, to the system. So I, can't, I, I don't have the same amount of data experience that Andrew does. Uh, what I can tell you, however, is that I absolutely agree with Andrew when he says that uh, income stagnation is probably one of the big issues that um, booksellers, uh, books face, actually. And especially since I deal uh, in new books, um, 
my hands are very much are, are tied uh, are very much tied when it comes to uh, prices. I'm very much a price taker. Um, I can't discuss volumes because I'm not big enough. So it's a matter of still trying to figure out how we're going to ride out this current patch. Hopefully the economy increases. Uh, sorry, hopefully the economy improves. Hopefully wages increase. Um, but we are still on a growth trajectory. I mean, I, I don't think we've reached the full potential of lit books yet. And of course, I'm very appreciative of uh, Andrew paving the ground for us with the next generation of readers. Um, Andrew talked a little bit about the challenges to his business model earlier. Um, you know, for lit books business model, this the independent bookstore model, what are yeah. the key challenges um, yeah, for you? Yeah, real estate. Mm. I'm, going to, I'm, I'm going to say that real estate uh, uh, is, is the biggest issue that we face because um, we want to stay independent. So because of that, we try not to be... We, we don't want to be in a mall, for example, because you lose that independent feeling and we lose the freedom to do things the way we want to do it. But in order for us to get um, real estate in a place with a lot of foot traffic where uh, we can have space for uh, events, uh, I, I, I couldn't mention this earlier on, but building a community is extremely important for us. And we mean that in more than just in terms of having a membership and having discounts for our customers. We're talking about doing things like literary events. So we do like uh, a monthly author event or we try to, at least one, we try to, we used to do literary quizzes before the pandemic. We actually even had a couple of jazz shows in our shop once because um, these were things that were all related to, lit, uh, to literature, to writing, and we want to support the Malaysian writers. We want to support Malaysian artists. So finding a space that can do all that and still have proper foot traffic or good foot traffic and still affordable based on our limited uh, uh, income, uh, that's basically the biggest challenge that independent bookshops face. You mentioned uh, community and keep and yes. engagement. I think that's a key part of the experience of going to an independent bookstore. Talk to us a little bit further about some things you mentioned there. Um, how do you how the the things you've been doing, you've been employing to uh, develop this relationship and this community with the readers? Because uh, you mentioned earlier as well, seventy uh, percent of uh, income or about seventy percent comes from the regulars on, uh, that are coming in. How do you keep the customers engaged? What are the strategies that you've leveraged? Well. I'll be quite honest with you. I mean, the, the, the most effective way is actually becoming friends with your customers. <laughs> uh, in fact, to the point right now where when I'm, when I'm purchasing books and I see a certain title, uh, I'll see, oh, this is a sad Japanese book. I know exactly who wants this book and I'll order a few more additional copies because uh, I know that they'll want it. And the moment the book comes in, I will get on my WhatsApp or I'll email them and say, hey, so-and-so, uh, this book's coming. I'm sure it's right up your alley. And Sure enough, they'll come in and, 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 and get it. Uh, Elaine also does a really wonderful job in terms of publicizing books and social media. We've got a pretty strong following on Instagram, which will, uh, I mean, we know who they are. We know who mm-hmm, our customers mm-hmm. are for the most part. I don't remember their names all the time, but I recognize their faces. I know what they like. Uh, and, and this comes with experience and, and, and time. So hopefully um, we, we, we would like to maintain that as well as our events as well. Uh, we have author events at least once a month, like I mentioned. Uh, we've done some interesting stuff in the past. We did book clubs, we did jazz shows, we did literary uh, literary quizzes. Um, hopefully, we have a little bit more. Uh, we can we can sort of uh, earn a little bit more resources so that we can continue doing this. Yeah, um, you know, uh, we used to talk a little bit about books when I entered the store. Now, the reason I haven't bought any books in the last year or so is because <laughs> I haven't finished those books. And I've made a policy this year that I'm buying no more books until I finish reading what I have on my reading list, which I will say it's almost September and I'm failing miserably. Uh, Andrew, uh, 
you also have, you know, Big Bad Wolf and uh, the bookstores that you have. Yes, it is a bigger machine you have to operate, but there is still sense of community and customer engagement that you employ as well. Tell us a little bit about those strategies that you use and um, and how it looks like and basically how it's translated into uh, business. I agree with what uh, Minghan mentioned, you know, that uh, bookstores must always embody the community. So if all our stores are huge, you know, uh, some of them are up to 38,000 square feet, right? And uh, we set out designing our bookstores for the community. So it is a community bookstore in a sense where there's a lot of sitting spaces, the mm. study areas, like our store in Tamarind Square. Um, when we first opened, it was 24 hours. But currently it's not because of the pandemic. But can you imagine a 24-hour bookstore? And the whole <laughs> of the 24-hour bookstore was for the students. There are so many universities in uh, Cyberjaya and we wanted to give them a space for them to study, right? And can you imagine in uh, as a student, you are you are sharing an apartment or room with so many uh, fellow students, right? It's noisy, it's not conducive to study, but we give you a space where it's free, right? And, um, and we are hoping that we know that majority of students are not readers. And we are hoping that, you know, one day when they graduate, they will have kids and they will remember that, you know, book access was there for them during their uni days and they will come back to support us, right, to buy books and all. And um, our stores are also event spaces. So we, we even have fashion shows, right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's so many other elements. There's cafes, there's restaurants in the bookstore. Um, the Mexico uh, had the... Uh, the embassy, right, had the National Day celebrated in our store in, wow. in right? Yeah, so we 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 had you know uh, thousands of uh, Mexican nationals coming together on their National Day and all, right? So our events are different from what Lead Book does. We are very very mass, and what we are hoping for is to bring the general public in who are not readers, and when they come and see our books, which are amazingly affordable they'll pick up the book and then they'll start reading and pick up the reading habit and once they pick up the reading habit they will start looking you know for what what is new out there and hence go to you know a, a independent bookstore like lit you know to to find what's new and all now, community and customer engagement is important, but we're also seeing consumer behavior change. It's shifting online, right? Uh, whether it's e-commerce, online bookstores, uh, e-books, audiobooks even. And you've also got uh, book summaries offered with audio options on there. So a lot of things are changing. The competition landscape for bookstores has also changed. Um, how do you see these things affecting, uh, these, these kind of things affecting the competition for um not just for customers and customer attention for bookstores such as yours. Uh, Minhan? Um, well, because I do, my customers do prefer physical books over mm. e-books and audiobooks, um, I can't really say for sure how popular uh, digital media is uh, as far as my customer base is concerned. Uh, and, 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 and I think that we're still sort of at that stage of our development where you have like expressed preference for one over the other. 
if you like physical books, you're not you're not going to come up with a bookseller and say, hey, you know what, I actually prefer it on Kindle, but I'm here anyway. So everyone tells me that, you know what, I can only deal with physical books. Um, <clears throat> audiobooks is not quite my thing. So that's all I'm hearing. And as far as I can tell, um, Malaysians still don't like to pay for uh, digital media. I'm sorry to say. Um, and generally speaking, if you are a reader, they would prefer physical books. That has been my experience. And uh, and I I've not experienced anything to convince me otherwise. Andrew, over to you. Anything to add to that? Yeah, a lot actually. I think I've <laughs> asked a million times about, oh, do people still want to read books? I mean, come on, you know, where have you been? Right? It's gone, you know, uh, audio books, uh, digital books and all, right? Nobody wants them. 20 years ago, when digital media started coming out, there was a research that said that today, 20 years uh, ago, right? Uh, 20 years later that, you know, the split between digital and physical books would be 80% digital and 20% physical, right? But last year, there was a speech by the CEO of Penguin Random House, the largest publisher in the world, right? He said that, you know, today, it is 80% physical and 20% digital. Can you imagine, right? And, you know, uh, I just got back from China because we're also venturing into China. China is so technologically advanced. You can't even use cash anymore in China, right? <laughs> But their physical book market is growing 10% year on year. Can you imagine that physical book, right? So, you know, it's, it's, I think the, the conversation is now is not whether it's e-reader or audiobook, right? It's about uh, whether you're selling online uh, or physically, you know, what is the right business model for you? For, for us, I think uh, any robust business post-pandemic, needs to be strong online and offline. You know, the presence has got to be there and how you cross-sell on each channel to get the customers, your online customers to go to offline and your offline customers to go online and vice versa. Jens, as we come to the end of this conversation, i got one last question for the both of you. Um, so as to not go down the same path as Borders, and again, I don't want to be super pessimistic about this, uh, but, you know, I have to be a bit dramatic with the way I ask the question. Um Tell us a little bit about your plans for the future. Uh, Andrew, let's start with you. So for us, like I mentioned, uh, we, we are fortunate in a sense that the business model is robust. We, it's, it's very different, right? Uh, it's just internally. Internally, we just have to, you know, uh, make sure that, you know, we run our business right. You know, we watch our overheads, you know, uh, as, uh, because the bigger you are, the harder you fall, right? And so we really have to watch that out and taking stock of uh, what's going on with, with a lot of change, right? And so we are watching out in, in, in that space uh, and also evolving, evolving to a sense where um, the retail landscape is, is always changing. Um, so how do we stay relevant? Like um, we are proud to say that uh, we have launched a bookstore in Singapore and it is together with a bank. So can you imagine a bookstore and a bank is the world's first. We, <laughs> we have OCBC. So it's a huge store in Orchard Road, right? And um, it's a bookstore first and then a bank. So these are the ideas that we, we need to keep on bringing on, you know, to, to make sure that we are still relevant and we are able to still have our retail presence. Minhan? Um, first off, I, I'd like to say that I'm convinced that the Malaysian book business is still going to 
Well, it's, 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 it's going to survive. I mean, look at the number of uh, big bookshops coming into Malaysia. In this past year, we've seen two Japanese, oh, sorry, one Japanese and one Taiwanese chain coming into Malaysia. So obviously, there must be something going for the Malaysian market. Um, as for myself, I mean, you know what, six years in the life of a bookshop, especially two years that's been interrupted by the pandemic, we're still very much at, at, at the very initial stages of our development, shall we say. Um, I mean, you have to keep in mind that when Elaine and I started our bookshop, you know, neither of us had any retail experience, any book experience. So we learned everything when we opened our shop in the, December 2017. And I'm sure that Andrew could tell you that the first shop you do, it's full of mistakes. I mean, it was a love, it's a great, wonderful experience, we met a lot of interesting people, but there are things that we could have done different, which we can improve on. Um, and obviously, I think we would like to take that learning and, and move forward to a bigger, better store. I, I think we haven't really quite hit the full potential of what we can do yet. So that's something that's definitely on our horizon. All right. Uh, Minhan, Andrew, thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure speaking to you, both of you. Uh, and I hope to speak to you both again soon. Folks, I was speaking with Andrew Yap, uh, Managing Director of Book Access and Fong Min Han, the founder of Lit Books. If you missed any part of this conversation, you can catch the podcast on our website at bfm.my or download the BFM app. They're also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and other major podcast players. Looking ahead, we've got the Breakfast Grill replay that's happening after the 1pm news bulletin. Established in 1971, Mami's story began in Malacca and now exports to countries worldwide. In the week leading up to Medeca Day, The Morning Run spoke to third generation CEO of Mami Double Decker Group on its vision for for the company and the country moving forward as well as the business of feeding others with nostalgic snacks. I'm Roshan Kanesin. You've been listening to Enterprise Biz Bites. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.